Good morning, everyone, and welcome back. This is Pastor Matt Broxterman coming to you with what will be my final message as the senior minister of the First Christian Church of Atchison. Through much prayer and conversation with my family and with the elders of our church, we have come to realize that God is calling each of us into a new season of our journey with him. The ministry of First Christian Church will continue, just as it has for nearly 150 years. It is likely, however, that this will be the final episode of the Experiencing God's Word podcast. Please know that if I feel called to begin this podcast again in one form or another, those of you who have subscribed will be the first to know. For now, I want to thank all of you for tuning in each week. It has been an honor and a privilege to spend this time together, truly. To all who are listening, I pray God's encouragement and deepest blessings upon you today and every day that lies ahead. When I was growing up, I used to love going to garage sales. Like most kids, I never had much more than a couple of bucks, and a garage sale was a place I could actually buy something. I remember one Saturday afternoon, I was probably about 12 years old, and I was at a garage sale going through a cardboard box full of VHS tapes. Now, for those of you who don't remember what VH tapes are, that's how we used to watch movies back before Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime. That afternoon, I came across a video that would change my life. Not forever change my life, but for a while it did, and it was called Come Fly With Me. And it was the story about Michael Jordan. Went all the way back to his younger years when he grew up with hardly nothing, told the story about how he didn't even make the varsity basketball team in high school when he was younger. It showed all sorts of video from his years at the University of North Carolina and, of course, later as a Chicago Bull. And there were slow-motion videos of him flying through the air with his tongue hanging out. And we had in the alley behind our house an old garage. And we had a basketball goal, a pretty rusty one, that was attached to it. And we found in our basement a little trampoline. It was about this big around, and we found that if we set the trampoline up just close enough to the garage, we could jump off of the trampoline and then bounce off the garage, and we could actually dunk on this eight-and-a-half-foot goal. It is a wonder that none of us bit our tongues off because, of course, when you're pretending to be Michael Jordan, you can't keep your tongue in your mouth. I remember lots of nights when Pastor Brad was playing with his Lakers basketball. I was thinking about Michael Jordan. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be amazing to meet him? I mean, I know he's tall, but I wonder what it'd be like to meet him in real life. And what would be even more cool is if he could give me a basketball lesson. I mean, what would it be like to be able to learn from the best of the best? When I got a little bit older, 
I really got into music. It, it started with a different kind of tape. It was a cassette tape. You guys remember those? It's what came after 8-tracks and before CDs. But that's how we used to listen to music before Spotify or iTunes. I remember going to the mall and with my own money, probably about $6, buying Garth Brooks' No Fences. And I listened to that tape over and over and over again, and I fell in love with his music, and I thought to myself more than once, if I could meet anybody in the world, I think I would want to meet Garth Brooks. Because when I listen to his songwriting, it's like he must have an insight into the human experience that is pretty phenomenal. You know, all of the ups and the downs and the love and the heartache and the joys and all of those things, I bet I could learn something from spending a time with a master like that. I am an adult now. Notice I didn't say that I'm grown up now. I just said that I am an adult now. I have come to terms with the fact that I will never be a professional basketball player. I have come to terms with the fact that I will never probably be a professional musician. I have chosen to commit my life to something different, something that I would argue is an even higher calling. Don't get me wrong, I love basketball, still love music, but the calling that I have felt to dedicate my life to, and I know many of you have as well, is to live a spiritual life to live for something that is greater than just ourselves. Amen? And you already know the answer to this question. If we want to learn from the best of the best, if we want to learn from the master, not talking just figuratively here, I'm talking literally, if we want to learn from the master, what it means to live a spiritual life, what it means to live for something greater than ourselves, there is none greater than Jesus Christ. And here's what's really cool, is that I've actually had the chance to meet him, to receive instruction, direction, coaching from him. Of course, all of you can, too. And I'm not talking about just a one-time meeting here. I'm talking about a relationship that can continue through our entire lives. This morning, I just want to look at three very short scripture passages and three lessons that we can learn from Jesus's example directly about what it looks like, what it means, how we can actually live a spiritual life, live for something greater than ourselves. Before we jump right in, I want to say one more thing, and this may arguably be the most important thing I share this morning. And it is this word of encouragement. As we open God's word together this morning, we are not just talking about ideas. We're not just talking about theory or theology. So we are here to do more than just nod our head in agreement. We are here to learn about actions we can actually incorporate into our lives to make them deeper and richer and better. Amen. So this morning, as we look at these three things, I really want to encourage you to consider to yourself what these might actually look like 
to be a part of your everyday life. Our first lesson that Jesus teaches us about living a spiritual life, about living for something greater than ourselves, is the importance of spending time in God's Word, the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, this book. And here's the passage of Scripture that I just want to read together about that. It comes from Luke chapter 2, verse 47. It says, And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Now, if we had more time, I would probably go around and ask you if you recognize what story that passage comes from. Since we don't, I'll just go ahead and tell you, this is the story of Jesus when he is 12 years old. He has gone with his family for their annual pilgrimage to Jerusalem. On the way back, his parents realize that they haven't seen him in a while. Panic breaks out. They head back to the temple, and they find Jesus. He is sitting there, and he is, again, 12 years old, and he is talking with the leaders, and it says that they are amazed at his understanding and his answers. So how do you think Jesus acquired all this understanding, all of these answers? I think it was because of the foundation that he had in the Word of God. And if we look a little bit later in the same gospel, Luke chapter 4, verse 16, that's the story when Jesus goes to preach his very first message. Here's what it says. This is easy to miss. It says, and on the Sabbath, Jesus went to the synagogue as was his custom. Time in God's word is something that was a part of Jesus's life. It built the foundation for him from the very beginning. And it's something that we would see him continue to rely on throughout his ministry. Remember right after his baptism? And he went out into the desert for a 40-day period of fasting. And the devil came and he tempted Jesus three times. And to each of those temptations, Jesus responded. He says, it is written. And then he would quote scripture. The Bible was something that Jesus continued to use throughout his lifetime. And not just to respond to situations, but to guide his life. Now, what could more time in the Bible look like for us today? I know there's a lot of different ways to approach this. Many of us have probably done some of these. There is the classic start at the beginning, Genesis, go all the way through to Revelation, right? I'm sure many of us have done that one. There's also the method where you start in the New Testament, Matthew's Gospel, and if you make it through his genealogy and you make it through Revelation, then circle back around and and read the Old Testament and get some of the backstory. There's also websites that you can go to and actually print out a plan to read the entire Bible in a year. Breaks it up into manageable pieces. Now, if any of those are approaches that you feel God calling you to take, I would absolutely encourage you to do that. A lot of different approaches, but here's one that I would advocate today. This might be good news because it's pretty manageable. And I just call this approach quality over quantity. Anybody ever read a whole book before and gotten through it and, and realized to yourself, I don't even know what I just read. I, I don't remember hardly any of that. What I'm talking about is 
quality versus quantity. Maybe just a single passage a day. But living with it, really asking God to reveal to us its deeper meaning. So that's a really good place to start. Just a little bit more time in God's Word. and Being open to Him truly speaking to us. Reading the Bible isn't something that we just want to check off our summer reading list. Amen? This book is the Word of God, and it will speak to us if we take the time to listen. Amen? Here's the second thing this morning, that Jesus shows us in the way that he lived his life. And it is closely related to the first, but it is different, and that is spending time in prayer. Here's the passage of Scripture that shows us that one. And there's quite a few to choose from, but today we'll read Luke chapter 5, verse 16. It says, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Now, I'm just taking a guess this morning, but I would imagine that Jesus was a pretty busy guy. He has so many responsibilities, teaching and preaching, leading this new movement. I can only imagine how much time and energy Jesus spent on a daily basis just making sure that his physical needs were met. Jesus was a busy guy. And yet, and maybe even it is because of this, we see Jesus time and time again withdrawing to a quiet place so that he can communicate with his heavenly Father, so that his spirit could be nurtured. I know that we all live pretty busy lives. Amen? That is all the more reason that it is important for us to spend time in prayer, to be honest in our communication with God, and also to take time to listen for his direction. Being honest, listening to God, two of the most, maybe the most important elements of what it looks like to pray. I have also found that there is a lot of power in daily devotions, meditations. You've heard me talk about these before. There's been a few that I look back on that I know helped me through some really challenging times. Streams in the Desert, Mrs. Charles E. Kalman. Uh, Come Away, My Beloved. Francis Roberts, and the one that I and I know many of you have been spending a lot of time in these past few years is called Jesus Calling by Sarah Young. I spent some time in that devotion this morning, and I came across this, and here's sort of a pro tip, is you can actually, with the right book, you can combine number one and two at the same time. So you can get your devotion, your prayer, and your scripture all in one page. The Jesus Calling devotion for this morning was so encouraging to me. It reminded me of how much God wants to have a relationship with us and how he desires good things for every single one of us. It was an encouraging word. And at the bottom, there was a passage of scripture from Isaiah, and it said, for those who hope in the Lord, he will renew their strength. He will cause them to fly, to soar 
like eagles. They will walk and not grow weary. They will run and not faint. Now, I won't go into a lot of detail why that was such a blessing to me this morning, but it was God speaking to me words of encouragement. Here's another cool part. As I walked into the church this morning and I heard the band rehearsing, the very first song that they were playing is a song that was written about that particular passage. He wants to speak to us. He does it through his word. He does it through time in prayer. This is the last example, the last lesson that we'll consider in our time together this morning. And here's how I would describe this one. It is simply putting our beliefs into action. It is living this out, doing more than just believing, but following, not just being fans, but being followers. Here's a passage of scripture, John 6, 38. Jesus says, for I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me and not to do my own will. Jesus was and is the ultimate example of obedience. He was even obedient to the point of death, death on the cross. And because of his willingness to follow God's direction, our lives, even today and for all of eternity, will never be the same. Amen? Jesus was obedient. So what does that what can that look like for us in our lives today? We know that nobody does it perfectly. The best we can do, that's all we can ever hope to do. But God will guide us and he will give us strength. You've heard me talk about this before. I think it's incredibly profound. It's this, that there's a tremendous amount of difference between belief and faith. Beliefs are just ideas. They are mental concessions. It is a good place to start. Belief is a good place to start, but it will all by itself never carry us through the tough times. How does belief turn into faith and what is faith? Faith is firsthand for ourselves, actual experience. It's what is described in Hebrews 11.1. It is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. The way we move from ideas to experience is right here. Exactly what we're talking about. It is putting our beliefs into action. I know that it is almost always easier said than done. But God promises us that he will always, always, always equip us for the task at hand. He will always equip us for the task at hand. And if you are here this morning and you're thinking to yourself, well, yeah, I I think I could maybe do that first one. More time in God's word. Could probably do the second one as well. More time in prayer. I want to do the third one put my beliefs into action, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do. 
Here's some good news this morning. If you commit to the first two, he'll let you know. You spend time in his word, you spend time in prayer, and he'll guide you, he'll direct you, he'll instruct you in the specific and unique ways that he is calling and inviting you to put your beliefs into practice, to result in faith. That's what it's all about. Last Sunday, we talked a little bit about the importance of nurturing and nourishing our souls. For anyone who forgot, our souls are that unique part of us that God created. It consists of our minds, so our thoughts, also consists of our emotions, so our feelings. It's where most of us really uh, spend most of our time. It's inside. It's in our soul. And because of the specific location of our soul, nestled in right between our bodies and our spirit, our bodies are the physical, our spirit is that eternal part of us where the Holy Spirit himself resides. Because of the location of our souls, it's really, really easy for us to begin to drift or gravitate one direction or the other. If we spend our thoughts and our emotions in the physical world, here's what I can promise you, is you will begin to feel overwhelmed. You will feel fear and anxiety Resentment and all sorts of other things will begin to creep in. That's just what happens when we put our trust in things that are temporary and passing, things that are of this world, right? But here's the other option that we have, is to spend time nurturing and nourishing and cultivating the Spirit of God inside of us. And these are three of the best ways that we can do that. Time in God's word, time in prayer, and actually putting our beliefs into practice, walking the walk. As we continue together to live and walk this spiritual life, to live for something greater than ourselves, I pray that the peace of God would fill our hearts, that he would give us joy and hope and remind us every step of the way of how much he loves us. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for the gift of your word to us, for the way that it still speaks for those who take the time to listen. Thank you, Lord, for the access that you have given to us through prayer. The fact that we can come to you, the best of the best, the master, that we can be guided and directed and instructed from you. Pray that you would give us the courage, Lord, to put our beliefs into action. But as we do, every single time we place more trust in you, we pray that our faith might increase. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.